Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today I have on Weston from The Natural Human Diet. He's on Instagram and YouTube. So I found this guy while chatting with others online about raw meat. Uh, if you want to know about my raw meat journey, uh, two episodes ago, I just uh, detailed out what's been going on for me. So his Instagram, uh, he's been going for, it looks like a bit over a year uh, where he's been posting pictures of platefuls of like raw meat, raw eggs, oysters, organs. He's also been doing YouTube, I think, for a little over two years. But he's been eating all kinds of things, you name it. Um, he's been eating it. And his YouTube features him eating these things while live streaming. So basically, this guy, he's been doing a raw meat diet for a lot longer than I have, you know, over two years. And I wanted to pick his brain about his experience. Now, to give you a fair warning, if you are squeamish, you might find the discussion a bit tough to listen to, in particular, uh, between the 10 and 20 minute mark. You know, we talk about brains and, and some of the other wild things that he's tried. So just fair warning to you, if that makes you a little uncomfortable, you might want to skip it. Otherwise, you know, Wes, he's a pretty solid down to earth guy who I was really happy to meet and, you know, get a chance to chat with. So enjoy the interview. All right, I have Wes here on the podcast. Wes, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, man. You're welcome, man. It's good to meet you. So I found you after I got into uh, eating raw meat, and you have a pretty popular Instagram and YouTube, and you eat a variety of interesting things. Uh, I think I've only been doing it now for about three months, but you've been doing it for a lot longer. I think uh, I think a couple years, if I'm not mistaken. So how did how did you get into all of this? Yeah, so um, that's a pretty common question I've gotten. And yeah, I've been eating raw meat now for about two and a half years every day um, with just a little bit of uh, intermittent cooked food sprinkled in there. If I go out to lunch with somebody, maybe once every month or two, I'll eat like a cooked steak. But for the most part, I'm like 99.9% raw. And uh, how I got into it was, um, I mean... It's really kind of a a long story, but to make it short, it's like um, I had some, I guess you could say like skin issues and um, just some kind of overall general health issues kind of popping up um, kind of sporadically through my life into my 20s and into my early 30s, um, like skin issues and uh, like even like arthritis type stuff, extreme brain fog um, mood issues, just, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, I always found that diet and eating healthy would greatly impact that either way, positively or negatively. So I've always been kind of focused on trying to eat as healthy as I can. And, um, basically about two and a half years ago, I just found out about the carnivore diet from, basically watching Sean Baker on the Joe Rogan podcast, which I think turned a lot of people onto the carnivore thing. And that really intrigued me. And it was just interesting because I don't think a lot of people had really seen something that extreme, uh, just eating only meat. So it interested me. And so I jumped into the carnivore thing about two and a half years ago. And I did carnivore, cooked carnivore for a month. And during that month, I was researching health and nutrition and just kind of just diving down every rabbit hole that I could and eventually stumbled across some videos of raw meat eating. And then I found a video with uh, Ogenus Wunderplanets. Hmm. And so basically, um, I watched a couple of videos of him where he just offered some really like really logical and rational explanation for why bacteria and parasites aren't bad for us. And so I just decided to start eating raw steaks the next day. And uh, I just never stopped after that. So you said you had some, some health issues, some skin issues and stuff. Was that coming from like a job you had or do you, do you know why you were getting those issues? You know, I don't know, man. Um, I actually even had a couple, I've had a few seizures in my life too, which is really weird. But, uh, and they happened like about five years apart each time hmm. and there were uh, drop seizures. So I basically just like fell over. And so that was one of the other things too, that had me thinking that I needed to kind of maybe check my diet or something. But, um, yeah, the skin issues I always had, like since I was a, a teenager, I had like acne and I don't know if that was from drinking like pasteurized milk or what was going on there, but I was definitely taking in some toxins because, 
after learning all this stuff, I learned that the toxins come out through your skin. So I was taking in something that it wasn't agreeing with my body and uh, it was just coming out my skin somehow, but it was coming out my scalp too. So I had like really bad, like, uh, bumps on my scalp. I remember that would pop up, you know, every once in a while. So it was really annoying. Do you, I know you live in somewhere in the Midwest. Do you live by, I don't know, like fields where they use lots of pesticides or any kind of industrial chemicals or anything like that? Um, yeah, I'm in Nebraska. Um, so yeah, we're definitely completely surrounded by cornfields getting sprayed all the time with glyphosate and things like that. So that could be a factor, but I am, uh, in a city. So, and I've always lived in the city, so I'm not necessarily, uh, like right back to back with, uh, cornfields getting sprayed or anything like that. But that's not to say that they couldn't be blown over from 10, 20, 30 miles away either. You know? Sure. Sure. You might just have more latent exposure than, than a city in some state that doesn't do that kind of thing. Okay. So did you, so you you said you tried carnivore before the raw meat thing. So did you ever get into keto? Like were you kind of transitioning away from carbs into the whole ketogenic movement at all? Yeah. So, um, I never, I never actually adopted the, uh, quote unquote ketogenic thing, but, um, I was aware of like ketosis and stuff like that kind of later on in my diet. But the first thing I did was I actually quit eating uh, bread and quitting eating bread was like a very significant moment in my life because it completely changed a lot of things that I had been going through, like the brain fog, um, just kind of my overall energy throughout the day. Uh, bread, for some reason, bread just did not work well with me. So um, after quitting that, that's when I started uh, jumping into the carnivore thing. And I think after that, I quit eating uh, like most grains. I quit eating rice. And then I quit eating potatoes. And then I actually quit eating all vegetables. So that was kind of like the order that I went in. Hmm. So let's talk about that first time you ate raw meat. Um, did you have an experience? I mean, was there something that just told you like, man, this is right for me? Yeah, kind of. Um it happened a few times, like the first maybe month that I ate raw meat. Um, I remember like one time it just gave me this energy that I had never felt before in my life, like an energy after eating food that I'd never felt. And it was actually, it felt so good that I like jumped up from the table and just like, you know, um, it was just, it was awesome, man. Like I was so used to eating food and getting almost like uh, tired afterwards, I guess. Yeah. But with the raw meat thing, it was like my energy just increased slowly as I started eating and it never went down for hours. So I just wasn't used to that. And so it was just like a great feeling, man. Yeah, I I can really relate. Um, In the first month and a half, it was almost euphoric. I mean, it's less so now, but when I would eat raw meat, it was like about an hour afterwards, man, just this euphoria would kick in. And it was just like, man, I can, I can handle anything in life. You know, I can do (laughs) whatever I want. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's the raw meat or the relief from my old diet or whatever, but it was just, uh, it was so palpable, you know, that feeling of energy. Yep. Yeah. I had that exact same experience and it was like, it was, um, it was like I had stumbled across some really awesome, like deep secret about life. (laughs) You know, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Almost something that was, was hidden in plain sight that that everyone just goes, Oh no, that, that, that couldn't be anything good. But in reality, it was like a, like treasure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned Agenis Vonderplanets. Um, he seems a little nut when when you listen to a lot of his stuff, but you, you were saying that it really made sense to you. And you mentioned a little bit of the parasite and the bacteria stuff. What, I mean, maybe kind of go into that a little bit more about Agenis and, and what made his message stand out to you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Agenis is a very interesting guy, man. Like, very rare individual, extremely just brilliant guy. Um, almost, I guess you could say he's probably almost like an autistic savant because he actually was autistic. He uh, said he didn't speak until he was like, I don't know, like four or five or something like that. Like he didn't even talk for a while. Yeah. He was an autistic kid. And um, so obviously, I mean, he had that going for him. And then he, um, 
healed a bunch of his own diseases, um, according to his own account through diet, and then came across this uh, primal diet thing, which basically made him, you know, known to most of the world. But yeah, he's he's definitely like a very eccentric dude, and um, a lot of people have a hard time believing some of the stories that he has um, told because his life. I believe them personally because I've never. The reason is, is because I've never um, detected any form of deception with him. And I think that humans have like a, an ability to detect whether someone's lying or being deceptive. And I, I've never felt that with him at all with anything he's ever said. In fact, like autistic people almost have, um, they're almost forced to, to brutally tell the truth all the time to a fault almost. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that if anything, he's just brutally t- being honest with people. But, um, yeah, he's got some pretty wild stories, man. Like, you know, um, encountering in- Native Americans and encountering, um, like wolves and stuff like that, that brought him raw meats and things like that. And so a lot of people have a hard time believing that stuff, but yeah, he's an eccentric guy. And, um, I just really identified with the scientific side of him because I've always been like a pretty, uh, pretty heavy heavily um science based you know like i was always doing good at that in school and um i've always been interested in it so he breaks everything down on a very scientific level he's he's basically a scientist that did his own experiments on raw meats and animals and rotten meats with parasites and bacteria and chemicals like he's done all those experiments himself and so the way that he breaks things down logically just really resonated with the way that I think personally. So it just all just clicked. Yeah. So you mentioned rotten meat. Have you ever tried his fermented uh, meat? Yep. Yeah. I've actually uh, I've tried fermented liver, fermented beef tongue, and um, I don't know if I've fermented anything else. But I really like the fermented liver which sounds crazy and it looks absolutely disgusting, but <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's actually really good, man. Like it's almost like a, uh, like a sharp cheese with like, maybe like a, some kind of like uh, beef sauce on it or something like that. It's very like, it's very much an acquired taste and the more you eat it, the more you start to crave it. <laughs> wow. Is it uh, I mean, did it make you feel any different than regular raw meat or, or anything like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Like um, basically, the idea behind the ferment- fermentation process is it's supposed to increase the uh, the K two levels in the liver. I've heard that before. So you're getting like a big vitamin K blast when you eat it. But basically, what you're doing is you're letting the bacteria, the natural bacteria, on the meat uh, pre digest it for you in the jar, and so. Once you go to eat it, like a month or two later, I got some in my my cupboard that's about six months old right now. And once you once you get to it, um, it's basically all pre digested, so you get all of that nutrition and vitamins uh, instantly into your system. And so that's why um, they call it high meat, is because it can actually make you feel high and euphoric. And uh, I definitely get that feeling off of it. And it also gives me. Um, uh, good energy, like a, a nice physical energy. So I want to go out and like walk or run or something like that afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's wild, man. That's wild. I mean, <laughs> you, you can imagine people listening to this probably are like a little grossed out, a little fascinated. I mean, it's it's got to be. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but socially, I mean, do you do you have a problem socially with this? I mean, is it just kind of weird? Do you do you not tell people? <laughs> that's a good question man yeah i've heard someone phrase it like um uh social suicide <laughs> it's basically uh eating raw meats um yeah it can definitely it can interfere with certain social things obviously like uh going out to eat with people going out to restaurants like i usually break down and just eat eat like a cooked steak or something like that which i still enjoy i love like a nice marinated uh, raw ribeye steak. That's or rare. I mean, um, ribeye steak. That's very tasty. But uh, yeah, socially, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's no surprise. But I've always been, I guess, somewhat of a weird guy. Like, um, 
just different, I guess, unique, you could say, but um, free thinker. And so I've always kind of um, done my own thing and never really followed the crowd per se. But um, so when this happened and I started eating raw meat and things like that, um, let's just say like my mom and my close friends weren't very like surprised. <laughs> it wasn't like uh, very astonishing to them that I started eating raw meat or anything. But uh, definitely I've gotten a lot of like, yeah, that's gross. Or, you know, when my friends come over and I have uh, like raw brains sitting out for dinner, uh, <laughs> they, think it's, they think it's pretty weird. But I'm like, you don't even know what you're missing out on, man. You know, I just I smile and just, you know, because I realize that most people are um, I basically that used to be me. So I don't judge other people for what they eat anymore. And uh, I just kind of expect it from them, you know. Yeah. So it sounds like you've tried a lot of different kinds of raw meat, um, different organs and stuff. What's your favorite type? I mean, is there a difference between them all? Um, well, I guess probably. Let's see. I would say my favorite raw food of all time is probably raw oysters. Love raw oysters. Um, but as far as like the weird stuff, unconventional like organs, um, I actually I eat a lot of glands too. I eat a lot of raw testicles, and so um, that which is that wasn't actually like that strange because a lot of people um, actually cook testicles and eat them. It's fairly common, but. Uh, Eating them raw um, is probably one of my favorite things to do because it's actually like a pretty intense testosterone boost. So it's like a natural way for men to get testosterone is eating raw testicles. And it's something that um, I've never actually heard anybody say before. And it's something that I actually just um, stumbled upon myself. And so... I'm trying to get the word out to people that, hey, you know, if you're having testosterone problems, you can get these in a natural way. But problem is, is it's not easy for people to source these types of things. But um, I'm lucky enough to have like a live meat market that's like a couple miles from my house. And I'm hmm. good friends with the owner of it. And so I can go down there and buy all this weird stuff um, that you would have to pay, you know, big bucks for online or whatever. But yeah, I really enjoy raw testicles, which is essentially a gland so it's not technically an organ raw brains are um really good raw brains are very interesting because they actually give me very vivid intense dreams after i eat them at night mm. so that's like something that has like been really intriguing to me ever since i started eating those and i'm not the only one that experiences that i know many people that eat raw brains and they have these intense like lucid dreams so there's definitely something to that. There's definitely something inside raw brains, obviously, that you're not getting from other parts of the animal. I mean, there's like human growth hormone in there. There's a lot of uh, vitamin C in raw brains. There's a lot of omega-3s in there. So they're actually really healthy for you. So you mentioned you, you stumbled upon the testicles. Maybe you could kind of spell that out. How did you figure out that raw testicles was the way? Um, well, let's see. I... I really just I learn a lot of this stuff, man, from just like staying open and open minded. And I listen to a lot of people on the Internet and I listen to my friends and I just I take everybody's suggestions seriously. And uh, I just I run with I run with them, you know, when I when it makes sense. And so that's how I've learned a lot of this stuff is just taking suggestions from people. And my buddy just said, hey, man, you should see if the guy at the live mar uh, live market has uh, raw testicles available and i was like that's such a great idea man <laughs> so i went down there and sure enough he had bags of them because nobody eats them nobody buys them which is mind-blowing like you know i live in the city i'm in here has got probably five hundred thousand people in the city and there's another five hundred thousand that live in the out the outside of it so we're in about a million people total here and i'm literally one of the only people that goes down there and buys brains and testicles so um and they're considered like brains are considered like a delicacy in a lot of parts of the world so it's just amazing man that like out of all these people here i'm one of the only people that buys them but i just started eating the testicles one day and i just noticed that i had a little um i guess boost in my libido and then also um a boost in just my mood you know because mm. testosterone can, can make your mood go up definitely if it's at the right level so 
it just made me feel great, man. And so I did an experiment and I ate only testicles all day, every day for three days. And it was mind blowing, like how much it increased my testosterone. Really? I did. I mean, did you yeah. get better muscle pumps at the gym or anything like that? Um, yeah, like, I don't know if I was lifting as much at the time, but it was just an, it was like an intense libido boost. That was like the number one thing I noticed. And then also my energy mood and my focus was up. So, um, Hmm. I'm pretty in tune with my body. So I know that when I know when my testosterone is like fluctuating up and down slightly because I do a lot of weightlifting in cycles. And so when I do a lot of weightlifting, I can tell my testosterone's up. I know what it feels like, you know? Yeah. And so it, it definitely, it just mimicked that basically. What do they, what do they taste like? They don't really have much of a taste, a little bit sweet, I guess. I really have a hard time describing some of these foods because they're so unique like there's nothing to compare them to really, but, um, they don't really, you know, raw foods don't really taste like much, but it's kind of sweet, I guess. Um, and it's got like the consistency of like a raw scallop. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty nuts, man. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I think, I think I heard of one other guy who was eating raw testicles before I, I found you and he made the comment like, yeah, they're kind of salty. And I was just like watching this. I'm like, dude, you know why they're salty, man. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you know what you're eating right there, bro. Like, like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, that's right. So um, let's talk about, you know, health effects. Have you ever had any kind of digestion problems from the meat? Oh, from raw meat? No, never. Okay. Have you ever gotten sick? Um, have you ever, you know, had any kind of bad, uh, bad meat that that you know went south on you? No, no, I sure haven't, man. So you you probably don't think that the whole infection, the whole food poisoning thing that that really just doesn't even factor in? No, it doesn't, man. Like I've eaten um, up to this date, I've eaten over two thousand pounds of raw meat, and I've never gotten sick. And, um, so the, the whole thing about food poisoning is that it actually comes from cooking your food. So basically you have a balance of natural bacteria that's on the meat. And basically when you cook it, what it does is it mutates the bad bacteria and it destroys the good bacteria. So you run into food poisoning issues when you like eat a partially cooked piece of meat because basically that you're you're destroying the biome balance Hmm. and basically if you just would have let it sit raw with the natural bacteria on it whether it's got salmonella or whatever is naturally found on meat the good bacteria when you eat it would naturally balance everything out and you wouldn't get sick off of it so yeah it happens from cooking okay do you think part of that is the sourcing? You know, I mean, have you eaten meat that is sourced from very far away and you know had any problem there? Um, yeah, I get, I actually do source my meat, um, very well. I get it from hundred percent grass finished farmers. They don't use any vaccines on their animals. Um, and they're just all raised on grass. So that's where I get my beef and my chicken is all pasture raised as well. And so that's a big part of it, you know, but I don't know if that necessarily is going to make, give you like food poisoning per se, because, like, there's a lot of factors that go into it, you know, like, um, you can run into problems when you're eating, like, vaccinated uh, bone marrow because vaccines store in your fat. Hmm. And so you can run into issues eating marrow because the marrow is going to hold those chemicals and toxins. And so, but you're not going to get, like, a typical food poisoning symptom from that. That's probably just going to store in your body and you're going to detox that at a later date. But, um... Yeah, I think sourcing is like a big part of it. And uh, yeah, I just uh, try to stay away from like factory farm stuff. I don't really shop at the grocery store anymore. I actually meet all my farmers in like parking lots. You know, it's almost like it's like doing a drug deal trying to get good food nowadays. You know, you got to meet them in a parking lot and they, uh, you know, 
they give me my stuff there or whatever. Or I uh, order like a quarter cow or a half of a cow, hmm. and then I go pick it up straight from the processing facility. And then uh, I get it all cut exactly how I want it cut, and then I pick it up fresh. And that way I get all the bones, I get all the organs, I get all the meat that way. So that's definitely a big part of it, man. Hmm. Yeah. How do you store, you know, if you order half a cow, how do you store that? Um, so I usually only get a quarter cow. So it's a little bit easier to manage. Last time I got a half a cow, I actually worked out a deal with them to where I could get a quarter cow at one date. And then I got the rest of um, another quarter cow like a month later. But basically with a quarter cow, at least a grass-fed cow that I'm getting, it came out to about, after everything's said and done, about 90 pounds to 100 pounds of meat. And so what I would do is like just put half of that in the fridge and then just throw the other half in the freezer and then I would eat just nothing but beef every day for like a month. Mm-hmm. Do you notice a difference between meat that's never been frozen and meat that you freeze and then thaw out? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. There's a little better energy that I get off of the fresh meat. And so I do prefer fresh over frozen, which is why I try to get as many of those quarter or half cow beef bundles as I can because. It's one of the only ways, at least around here, that I can get uh, fresh grass-finished beef. Other than that, most of it's frozen, you know? Yeah. Well, the reason I ask about the sourcing is I wonder if this diet is only really possible with local sourcing. Um, I, I had an experience where I I ran out of meat or something. So I just went to Sprouts and I bought some lamb that had been shipped over from New Zealand. And it looked great. It was like in this little plastic crate thingy and it was, you know, uh, plastic wrapped over the top and it looked very red. So I'm sure they pumped um, carbon monoxide in there or whatever to, to prevent it from turning brown. And as soon as I opened it, it was like this smell of rotten eggs. I mean, it was it was oh, so gnarly. And it, it literally, I was like, okay, maybe I'll be able to do it. And I, I pulled it out and it was like, I would gag just smelling it. And it was like, wow, okay, this, this obviously is, is not, <laughs> not going to be something I'm going to be able to eat. Um, and so I don't know, what do you, what do you think of that? I mean, could you do this on super, you know, uh, a grocery store food? Well, that's interesting about, about your experience there because, um, yeah, that's basically like God gave us these senses of smell and sight to look at our food to be able to tell whether it's edible or not. And so that's like your most basic like metric or, or measuring test for seeing if the food should be eaten is just smell it and look at it. That's what I tell a lot of people. So that applies to eating stuff from the grocery store too. You know, you just, just look at it and smell it. And if it smells okay and if it looks okay, then 99.9% of the time it's going to be fine for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think is, you run into issues with meat when you're, you throw in those packages like that because what you're doing is you're blocking off all the oxygen from the meat, you know? Mm. And so you're turning some of that bacteria anaerobic. And so that's probably what happened with that meat is some of the bacteria turned uh, anaerobic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely pretty gnarly, and and I, I definitely agree with you about you know your your what it looks like and what it smells like. The thing about vision, at least, is they have figured out ways to make things look really nice, even if it's not. Mm-hmm. But your nose, I think your nose is harder to trick. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah. So I also I also wanted to ask you about the people who follow you. Have you had a lot of your followers kind of go over to raw meat? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's been a real blessing to have this YouTube channel. I just, it's been an interesting, um, ride, man. Like I've just met so many people all around the world. I've learned so much about just nutrition and health and life in general. And, um, I've made a lot of really close friends too. I got some friends in Germany and all over, man, that I talk to all the time now. And I get interesting perspectives about things from from that part of the world. But uh, yeah, I've had the opportunity to help a lot of people, man. I've done personal consultations like on Skype with people that wanted to just get a one on one with me and and get personal and just I, you know, I'm willing to answer anything. And then uh, through email, I answer all my emails and I've done that for the last two and a half years. Like I just I try to get back to everybody. I answer all of my direct messages on Instagram. And honestly, man, I'm just, I'm not really in this to become like a huge 
like YouTuber or Instagram or social media guy. Like I really just want to help people because this diet has helped me so much. And I know it's extremely weird and eccentric and I understand like how different it looks to people, but I'm just kind of trying to do my best to normalize it as much as I can, you know? Yeah. So when you, when you say that people are contacting you and, uh, you know, for consultations and stuff, is it that they're trying this diet and they're having issues with it or, or what's going on? Yeah, there's, there's that. And there's just so many questions people have. They don't know where, you know, where to source good foods. Um, a lot of people are just, they're just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, just wrecked, man. Like a lot of people with all these vaccines we're getting nowadays, kids are getting nowadays and all of the chemicals and junk in our food and medication and water and just pollution everywhere. Like everybody's just messed up, man. Like really messed up with bad health problems. And so a lot of people that, um, go through these consultations with me, man, they're just, they're just destroyed, you know, and they want to know how to get themselves back together again like the quickest way possible and raw meat is definitely the way to do that you know Hmm. so what uh what kind of problems do they have with the raw meat diet itself you know i mean digestion sleep or anything like that um there's a lot of there's a lot of things that pop up with people like dairy is a big one like a lot of people say that they can't tolerate dairy so that's like a big mystery nowadays, you know, why people can't tolerate dairy, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've thought about this stuff for a long time. And I think that what's going on is just that everybody, everybody's just different, you know, like you can say that we're one species and we should have one diet, but everybody's not born the same. Everybody doesn't have the same set of genetics. Everybody's like damaged to a DNA level on a different scale. And so like, it all depends on like, what your health today all depends on basically like what your mom ate when she was pregnant with you, were you breastfed, you know, what your mom ate when she was growing up, like this stuff goes all the way back generational. And so it's like really hard to do like a, a a double blind placebo controlled nutrition study on like a population of people because you would have to know all of those confounding variables and there's like infinite variables with people. So when trying to figure stuff out, like, you know, why can't I tolerate dairy, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, I just think what happens is people, um, they either inherit, they inherit, uh, damaged DNA from their parents. And so they just basically come out into this world damaged, or it happens somehow through vaccines, chemicals, drugs, pollution, and our food. And basically people get to the point to where they can't even drink like a glass of milk, you know? So, yeah, you, that's part of when it. When you say damaged DNA, what what do you mean? Well, I think that um, well, basically, like all disease comes from environmental toxins, and so you know, disease is not made by nature. It's not made by God. It's made by man, essentially. So it comes through toxins in our air, water, food, and medication. And what happens is it enters your body, and then it goes into your cell. And essentially what happens is um, if it's not detoxified or eradicated through uh, a natural bacterial detox or a viral detox, then it can actually damage the DNA of your cell. And I think um, that stuff can be passed down to your children, you know, and so your children can inherit damaged DNA if the parent lived a toxic lifestyle, you know, or they were taken in toxins when they were pregnant with you. You know, there's a lot of different ways it can come in. Yeah, you you said uh, raw. I'm sorry, you said virus detox or bacteria detox. What what is that? Yeah, so so yeah, viruses. Well, we're just starting to learn now that at least one of the latest theories that I've picked up on through Dr. Thomas Cowan, who's a great resource on disease. I re- highly recommend everybody check him out. But uh, basically, viruses are like exosomes, and they're just like DNA protrusions from the cell. And so they don't come from from the environment. They don't come externally. They actually come from inside the body. And so they are triggered when some kind of pollutant or toxin uh, from the environment enters your body and goes into the cell. And um, your body doesn't have enough bacteria to remove it or or, um, 
whatever toxin is in there, it's actually too strong for bacteria. Like let's say it's like a chemical and it would kill the bacteria in your body. Then what your body does is it manufactures these uh, exosomes and what they do is they bind onto the toxin and remove it. It's like a solvent and it removes it from your body. Hmm. So that's, that's basically what, what like a flu is. That's really interesting. I think most people hearing that would have not even heard anything about that, that somehow like a flu or a virus or a bacteria is actually like detoxing you. Um, that, that sounds like kind of wild. That's, that's totally opposite of what we'd normally hear. Oh man, it's, it's completely radical, man. It's a, a totally radical concept compared to what we've all been taught. Um, but it's in, it's actually been around for a long time, man. It's called the uh, uh, terrain theory and, uh, the modern medical institution today adopted germ theory. And so they blame everything on germs, but actually the competing theory to that is called terrain theory. And that's what we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, if you don't believe me, check out Dr. Thomas Cowan, C-O-W-A-N. That guy, he's actually a medical doctor. He's a genius, and uh, he explains things in like a super simple way. But he's he's basically uh, he's one of the people today that's um, on the forefront of bringing this out right now. So, would terrain theory then say that when you get the flu or whatnot, that's actually a good thing that you're you're getting rid of toxins or whatever? Yeah, yeah, basically. Your body is just rapidly removing whatever's in there. It's interesting. I, I don't think I've had the flu or been sick for years. So is that is that not good? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I mean, I guess you could look at that both ways. Maybe you're just not taking in any toxins and you're fine. But uh, yeah, I've heard people say that too. They're like, "Oh man, you haven't had the flu in a long time." But I haven't been sick. Uh, I haven't been sick this entire year. One time. You mean since since the beginning 10 days ago or or you mean 2020? No, I mean, well, um, <laughs> yeah, so I haven't been sick uh, in over a year. I had a couple really, really bad detoxes when I first got into this diet mm. and, and got uh, like, you know, bad flu with the shakes and the sweating and just it was bad. But I haven't, I haven't been sick since, so I think my body just got rid of all that stuff. Yeah, that might be something good to talk about. Some people who go on this raw meat diet, they get you, they get sick. They get fevers and stuff. Do you know what's going on there? Yeah, yeah. You're basically just detoxing all of that cooked food and crap and chemicals and drugs and everything you've been taking in for 20, 30 years, depending on how old you are You've been uh, when you started the diet. But yeah, you're basically, when you're taking in the raw foods... What happens when you take in raw food is it actually replaces the cooked food in your body because when you eat cooked food, your body tries to assimilate those proteins and fat molecules and build your body up or repair your body with that stuff. But when you take in the raw stuff, um, it actually replaces the cooked stuff because it's just a, a better way to build your body up. And so you're going to actually detox all that cooked food out of your body for you know a while but also you're going to um, remove all of the toxins and chemicals and just all that crap that comes from the world out of your body at the same time. That sounds, it sounds a little far-fetched, <laughs> you know, that, that you'd have like cooked food in your body that, that your body's going to replace. With, I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but it just sounds, it sounds so out there, you know, I'm trying to. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, here's a, here's a better way to explain it. Like that people might understand, like, um, so, a cooked fat molecule is actually 50 times larger than a raw fat molecule. And so when you ingest that into your body, your body doesn't know how to make that cooked fat, fat molecule go back to a regular fat molecule. Like the damage has already been done. Um, and that's what heat does is it just damages everything it touches. And so your body assimilates that fat molecule that's 50 times larger than a, a raw fat molecule into your body. And that makes you actually look bigger than you normally would. And so that's why people on cooked food diets look, if they're overweight, they look so fat. It's because they're <laughs> eating cooked fat. So you can actually get on a raw fat diet or a raw primal diet and you can actually have the same body fat percentage as somebody on a cooked food diet and look significantly smaller than them because the actual molecules of the fat are smaller. Wow. Okay, so let's 
talk about how somebody like would get into this if they wanted to try this like what would be your like 101 advice like okay you want to you want to try this here's how you source it here's how you start it you know here's what to expect what would that be okay yeah so um two good sources to check out would be um uh eatwild.com so eatwild.com is uh it's a big database full of like local farmers and local ranchers. And so you can find really good food that way, good grass fed meat and stuff like that, eggs, uh, all sorts of different types of animals. And then as far as dairy goes, uh, a good one to check out is realmilk.com and realmilk.com is an, another database that is going to link up all of the raw dairy farmers in your area. If it's legal in your state to actually sell, uh, directly off the farm, it'll be on that site. So, but the the laws are different from state to state. You got some states where it's legal to sell uh, directly off the farm, and then you got some states that um, they have like a herd share law where you can like buy part of the herd technically, and then you just go there and you buy your milk that comes from your cow. Mm. And then there's other states that don't allow it at all, and then there's other states uh, that it's you can just buy it in the store. But um, if you can't buy it in the store, go to realmilk.com. So that would be like the two best places to check out to find your local grass-fed ranchers to get some good food. Um, if you can't do that, then just um, you can eat supermarket food. You know, just um, I would suggest starting out with something like fatty, like a chuck roast or something like that. Mm. You know, if you can afford ribeyes, ribeyes are great, but they're just really expensive. But make sure you get enough fat in. That's like the biggest thing that people uh, have an issue with. You know, their energy's down. They don't have enough energy to do stuff when they're on the raw diet or carnivore carnivore based diet. You got to make sure you eat enough fat. So you got to be eating fatty cuts. If you can't get a good fatty cut of meat, then supplement raw butter with it. And that's actually what I do is I try to eat fatty cuts, and then I also eat a big chunk of raw butter with every meal. And so I'm just constantly intaking fat, and so I'm never low on that. So it's a couple of things to to think about, but yeah, you can basically just just dive right in, and uh, uh, it's the the food is more palatable if you leave it on the counter for like a few hours before you eat it to get it up to like room temperature. And um, if you have a hard time with the flavor right off the right off the bat. Which I did. I mean, it was weird. I didn't have a hard time with it, but um, like stuff like raw liver was like kind of hard to do at first, and raw eggs. So I would wash it down with milk, with raw milk or water. Hmm. But I found that I digest my food way better without drinking any liquids with it. So that may be something that you run into with that. But if you have to force yourself to eat it, um, which I actually did, because you're you're basically transitioning over from the standard diet, sugar diet over to raw meat. So your, your whole microbiome in your body has to like shift over and adapt and you're not going to be used to the taste or anything for a while. So, you know, you can wash it down with milk, dip it in honey if you need to. Honey is always a good uh, digestive supplement. Okay. And, and what about uh, time of day? I mean, is it better to eat it in the morning? Is it better to do one meal a day versus multiple meals? Yeah. So everybody's going to be different with that. Obviously, like there's smaller people, bigger people. I'm a a bigger person. I'm about six three. I move around two hundred pounds, and so um, I've had to eat quite a bit of food just to keep my energies up. And at the beginning, I was eating like three meals a day, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I moved to two meals a day, and two meals seems to be my sweet spot. So especially if I'm like active or I have to work that day or whatever, like right at lunchtime, I'll eat something and then right at dinner. So I'll eat like a pound of meat each meal. But some days like lately, like on my days off, I just eat one meal a day. Hmm. So it kind of depends on like what you're doing that day. And also I quit lifting weights for the past like month, month and a half, which I do periodically. I don't know why it's just, I kind of follow my urges on that. And so when I quit lifting, I need like significantly less food and so I can get away with eating basically one big meal in the middle of the day, like 2 or 3 p.m. And then at night, I'll eat like a big old chunk of raw cheese or something like that before I go to bed. And then I'm, I'm good. And okay. And so should people expect to get some kind of sickness when they first start this or is that rare? Yeah. Yeah. You're probably going to detox. Like 
you're going to start detoxing and you're going to start getting better. It's going to make you uh, healthier. But in the process of that, you got to remove all the bad stuff out of your body first. So, yeah, in my experience, um, I had at least two that I can remember uh, pretty bad like flus or colds. One of them was definitely a flu. It was definitely viral. And the other one was probably a cold. But I've had at least two in a year. And then after my first year of just eating nothing but raw foods every day, um, I haven't been sick since. Like I haven't even been close to getting a cold or a flu or anything like that. And how long does that uh, that period of, of adaptation, how long does that usually last? Well, that's a good question, you know, because um, I didn't really pay attention too close to my detox symptoms and when they started and when they ended and things like that. But I can say that... I started around, let's see, probably the two-year mark is when I started feeling like I was completely healed. Like, I felt like I had just um, been through everything, I guess would be the way to say it. Because it's just, it's so radically transformational going through like a raw diet that you basically turn into a completely different person. So it's kind of hard to go back and measure like what happened when and, and how long it lasted and stuff. But like, I definitely felt like around two year mark was when I felt like I was like a completely different person and all of my health problems like went away entirely. When you say completely different person, what are you referring to? Um, well, just I, mentally, physically, spiritually, everything, man. Like I just, um, had a, just a radical transformation. Like, um, my, you know, I actually felt like, and I've had other people, um, say the same thing. I actually felt like I almost went through like a second puberty or it actually completed my puberty from my teens. And so I basically felt like, um, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm, I'm a man now. I feel like I'm completely a man. Like I'm, I'm completely rat rational, logically minded. Um, I'm not like as emotional as I was when I was on the standard American diet. Um, and yeah, just my mood and my energy is completely stabilized. And I just, I feel like I have more of a, uh, more of an idea of like, I'm looking at kind of like the bigger picture now. Like I can see into my future more and it's just my whole view of life and the world has completely changed. And so I think a lot of that has to do with the diet. Like I don't, I haven't really changed anything else. So, but yeah, I, I actually really can relate to that. Um, I started eating raw meat and it was like, kind of like you get this grounding, this thing that just says, you know, you can handle life, things are good. And it does expand your vision outward so that you're not so, you know, staring at your feet. You're not like, okay, you know, you're, you're going from this to that and trying to keep things going mm -hmm. and, and doing this rat race. And all of a sudden you're just like mature, you know, you're like, you, you look far. Yeah. So I, I can really, I can hear what you're saying there. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, out of questions. I usually ask uh, my guests what they think the worst advice. You're probably going to have a lot, lot of. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You're probably going to have a lot of uh, answers to this. But what do they think the worst advice is that they hear in the mainstream for people? Oh wow! As far as like health and nutrition, correct? Yeah. Uh, I would say the worst thing that you could ever tell somebody is to go on a low-fat diet. Interesting. Because. A low fat, low cholesterol diet. I think that's the worst thing you could tell someone, man, because uh, your fat is there to insulate you from the toxins in your environment. So like when toxins enter your body, they get stored in your fat. When you're a very lean uh, person with no fat in your body, those toxins are going to go straight into your body and could potentially damage your organs and things like that. And also your brain is completely made of cholesterol. So this whole like low cholesterol thing is just, it's mind blowing to me because after learning all this stuff about health, it's like, how could you tell someone to, to cut down their cholesterol when your brain is made of it, you know? Yeah, so you're probably not a big fan of, of going to doctors and that kind of thing. No, uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know? It's kind of, once you, once you understand that the recipe book that they're going by can marginally help some cases, but can potentially really hurt you, it's, it's like, well, I guess I'm on my own a little bit, huh? Yep. Yeah, completely. Yeah. All right, man. Anything else you want to throw in there? Anything we didn't cover? 
no, no. I mean, if and if uh, people want to check out more on this stuff, obviously my YouTube channel, The Natural Human Diet, and then my Instagram is also called The Natural Human Diet. So I, I post pictures on there every day, and I'll be back to live streaming on YouTube here probably in a couple months or so. I'm just taking a little break. Yeah, you do have some some great live streams. Are you planning on ever, I don't know, writing a book or doing anything like that? Yeah, yeah, maybe eventually, man. Um, I definitely want to get to the point to where I feel like I have a, a good grip on what I'm talking about and what I've learned, you know, but it's just, I'm still learning stuff every day, man. It's amazing. So I want to wait until I uh, accumulate it all and then I can, I can get it all down and I don't want to jump the gun and act like I'm some sort of expert yet, you know? Yeah, I hear you. All right, brother. Well, thanks so much for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that was Weston. He gave some great resources there at the end, uh, eatwild.com and realmilk.com. I'll have those along with his channel in the show notes. I, you know, I really like talking to him. He, he seems just like a really chill guy who, you know, he'd be fun to shoot the shit with and hang out with. Uh, some of his ideas were, were definitely a little bit out there, you know, with agonists, uh, as well as fat molecules being bigger or smaller, depending on whether they're cooked or not. Um, but you know, at this point, after all the research I've done uh, on all these different subjects and all the people I've interviewed, my attitude and my belief system have moved just more and more towards the empirical side of things, even more so than you know when I first started the podcast. Um, when I hear outlandish things, you know if they're pointing to something that is observable, I just go along with what is observable. Uh, often something works and the explanation of why that thing works is totally illogical, doesn't make sense, but it just works. Kind of reminds me of that old joke where they say, uh, how does it go? Pure theory is when everything makes sense to everybody, but nothing works. <laughs> Pure practice is when everything works, but nobody knows why. And when you combine theory and practice, you get nothing that works and nobody knows why. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I guess I'd much rather live in a world where everything works and nobody knows why. So after this interview, I, uh, I decided to see if I could find some cow testicles and brains to give them a shot. And I thought, you know, uh, I could just give them a try and I'd be able to tell you in this conclusion, you know, what they were like. Well, it turns out it's a lot harder to find those, you know, unique organs or whatnot than I thought it would be. Apparently, it is illegal to sell cow testicles or brains. So all the farmers that I asked were super quick to say, you know, we're not allowed to give away or sell any part of the animal prohibited by the Department of Agriculture. So I kind of hit a wall there in trying to find local stuff. There are some online sources, you know, I could get, um, which would be, uh, you know, shipped to you frozen and whatnot. But I was just really hoping to find something that was around me. Anyways, I'll keep you updated on that stuff. Hope you enjoyed the interview. If you did, help me out, you know, share it with one other person or more. You can share it with more, but at least one other person. That would be really great uh, just to get the word out about this content. I hope your January started off well for 2021, and I will talk to you soon. Be well. Be well.